You are listening to Reach MD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation, the charitable arm of the ASRS, the American Society of Retina Specialists. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, Chairman of the American Retina Foundation, and joining me today is Dr. Paul Ternambe. Paul is currently in active practice in the San Diego, La Jolla area of California. He has written over a dozen peer-reviewed papers on vitreoretinal retinal disease. He is a journal referee for the American Journal of Ophthalmology, the Archives of Ophthalmology, Retina, German Journal of Ophthalmology, and the British Journal of Ophthalmology. He lectured at major medical centers in the U.S. and in countries worldwide. He is a volunteer clinical instructor at the UC San Diego Departments of Ophthalmology and Family Practice and is a past president of the American Society of Retina Specialists. Welcome to the show, Paul. Good morning, Roy. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about accreditation and certification of medical specialties. Paul has been involved in this and has written a couple of articles, and I'd like for Paul to just go ahead and start out the show talking about his involvement in this subject. Well, thank you, Roy. I've been interested in uh, accreditation and certification of subspecialties in ophthalmology for the last decade. And when I was president of the American Society of Retina Specialists, tried to get the ball rolling uh, on this, but soon discovered that it was an, an uphill battle. Basically, accreditation is ensuring that doctors who participate in residency programs and in teaching programs are trained to a level of minimum standards. And certification is testing that doctor after completing that training period to be sure that they have acquired some basic knowledge and skills. Uh, this is done uh, in medical schools, of course, with obtaining a medical degree, and in the residency programs. There's, there are rather stringent uh, accreditation and certification uh, requirements. However, in the subspecialty fields of ophthalmology, including, for example, glaucoma, pediatric ophthalmology, strabismus, plastics, uh, and retina, there are no such accreditation or certification issues. And I feel that this is a uh, public health issue because uh, at the present, basically anyone completing a general ophthalmology program can uh, go out into practice and state that they are a self-proclaimed retina specialist. Uh, I think that this can be misleading to the public, and I think that we need to um, tighten up uh, our accreditation and certification uh, processes. What has gone on in the past uh, in regards to this, Paul? Uh, in the past, basically, it's a catch-as-catch-can process. Fortunately, the vast majority of uh, programs, which are university programs, are uh, very, very good. But there are outliers uh, whereby, uh, for example, a physician in private practice who has a busy private practice decides to take on a fellow, and um, uh, it's basically a money issue. They can bill for the fellow and over the course of a couple of years can generate a significant amount of money. Now, that isn't to say that people who train fellows should not be compensated because the, the training process does make you inefficient. And certainly when you take time to teach a new doctor how to do an operation or to go over a, uh, an interesting patient with them, you, you are inefficient. You should be compensated. All that uh, I'm arguing is that if you do have a training program 
your program should be accredited to minimum standards. And uh, those doctors, once they complete the training program, should be certified, and as they continue in their career, be recertified. Now, no one likes to take another test, and I'm right in that group also, but I think that uh, if we compare ourselves to the airline industry, when we get on an airplane, be it a two-engine prop jet or a 747 traveling halfway around the world, I think the public is confident that the pilot and co-pilot of that uh, aircraft has been uh, trained, has been retrained, has been certified on that particular aircraft. And uh, I think that the public expects that. And I think that the, that the public pretty much carries that over to medicine, that when they go to see a doctor, they assume that their training programs have been standardized and accredited and that they have proven to someone that they are competent to pursue this particular interest. The airline industry, as you know, has uh, flight simulators. They test people uh, yearly and certify them yearly. And uh, I think that we in uh, medicine should do this because if we don't do it, I think someone else will come up with the idea and decide to do it for us. Are you aware of any other medical specialties other than ophthalmology that have accreditation and certification for their subspecialties? Uh, Yes, there are are many in the field of obstetrics and gynecology. There are urogynecologists. In, uh, even in uh, hyperbaric medicine, their accreditation of those programs, gastroenterology. There are many, many examples where subspecialists are certified and where their programs are accredited. This just hasn't carried over to ophthalmology. And the main reason that that has happened is money. And as you know, dollars are tight, and university programs do uh, have difficulty getting funds to train physicians. And that's understandable. Now, when a physician completes a residency program in ophthalmology, they can go out and they can do retinal detachments or strabismus surgery or ophthalmic plastic surgery and bill an insurance company and be paid for it and bill Medicare and be paid for it. However, the federal law states that if a doctor is in training, that physician cannot bill Medicare for services. Well, here's the catch-22, because here you have a doctor who legally can go out and bill for their services if they decide to get more training in a specific area, such as in retina. The programs are not allowed to bill for the physician for their services, and so they lose a great deal of revenue. At the present time, the fellows are not really called fellows in these training programs. They are considered faculty, and they, they bill for their services, and they should bill for their services. And programs should be compensated because, as I said, it, it's expensive to train doctors. Uh, however, there are no standards, and anyone can get into the business of training uh, fellows. Gosh, I can train glaucoma fellows, uh, even though I have no uh, specific training in glaucoma beyond my residency. What needs to be done, rather than trying to conceal that these doctors in training aren't really in training, is the American Academy of Ophthalmology, the specialty societies, should meet with the legislators and basically lay it on the table and say, look, we think that all of the programs should provide a minimum degree of competency to the doctors that want to go on to subspecialty fields, and those doctors should be tested. 
right now you're paying for them indirectly. And all that we're saying is that you should pay only for quality programs that train quality doctors. And they should have minimum standards. It's something that you should do for your constituents because this is a public health issue. When a doctor completes a training program, there shouldn't be a big learning curve when they get out and start taking care of the public. And right now, there's no accreditation of these programs. There's no certification of the doctors. It's a free-for-all, and something really should be done to protect the public. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to The Revealing Retina on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Roy Levitt, and I'm speaking with Dr. Paul Ternambi, and we are discussing accreditation and certification of specialty physicians. I do have a question about your last thought. You mentioned that the American Academy of Ophthalmology and the Subspecialty Society needs to go to legislators or to the legislature to try and get the funding changed. But where has the Academy been in all of this up to this point? Well, the Academy doesn't really want to get involved uh, in this for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think that they feel that if there are a large number of subspecialty accreditation and certification societies that it will fracture the academy. And that's possible, but as we said, this is done in other fields and they've accepted it and worked around it. The second is is that the university professors do have a great input into the academy and, and understandably have been uh, resistant about uh, doing anything and, and rocking the boat. And all that I am proposing is that these societies get together work together, work with the legislatures. The legislature basically wants to do the right thing for the patients. I think that if this is brought to their attention, they they can actually save money because instead of paying every program uh, out there that may be training less than uh, quality physicians, they can pay for programs that do train quality physicians. And I think it's a win-win for everyone. And those programs that are not towing the line, can then be helped to tow the line so that we can improve the quality of care. Is anything being done today to try and put everybody together to accomplish this end? Well, not really. American uh, Society of University Professors in Ophthalmology have been working to try to set up an accreditation process, but it has really no teeth. It's all voluntary. These are expensive to do. It takes money to have someone oversee the programs and then to test the fellows. So just adds another tier of expense to the training programs. The university professors have uh, come up with a baseline of minimum standards, but again, it's all voluntary and it doesn't have any teeth. As you say, you've been involved for 10 years, but I think it's been longer than that that this this thought is being tossed around. Uh, Yeah, it it has. The late uh, Ray Margerio tried to start an accreditation certification process probably almost two decades ago, and it just didn't go anywhere. Do you think the individual societies should take it upon themselves to do this? Uh, I really don't. I think that you you need an outside body to objectively uh, set this up and to set up training programs. I think that if the societies try to do it within their own societies, I don't think it will have the uh, impact that it would have as if the uh, American board of these programs uh, that are accrediting them them now did it. 
uh, I, I don't think it'll have the impact. So I, I think this really shouldn't be done individually by the societies. I think it needs to be done by an oversight board. Okay, hopefully the lights will go on in the right places and uh, something will uh, develop. I'm going to thank you, Paul, Dr. Tarnambe, for uh, speaking with us about accreditation and certification. And I'm going to um, close by saying that I'm your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, and uh, I'd like to thank you for listening to The Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation. For more information, please visit us online at AmericanRetina.org. We welcome your questions and comments about this or any other show. Please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at www.reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and our new podcast features will allow you access to our entire program library. Again, thanks for listening.